Hey, glad you can make it. And welcome to the Employee Cycle Podcast, where we talk to HR innovators, thought leaders, and even some disruptors about the latest in HR trends, HR tech, and you guessed it, HR data. Well, you've heard enough of me talking. Now let's start the show, 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 show. Hey, hey, and welcome back to the Employee Cycle Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Marable, CEO of Employee Cycle. And you know us, we're the HR analytics dashboard that's helping all you HR and people leaders out there who are tired of the manual, tedious, and time-consuming process of HR reporting. That's right. We know that you all need a comprehensive and data-driven view of your entire employee life cycle, but most of you are pulling messy, crappy spreadsheets from a bunch of different HR systems, trying to make sense of it. And you're always scratching your head thinking there has to be a much better way. Well, there is. That's why Employee Cycle created an HR dashboard for you with pre-built integration connectors to the most popular HR systems out there. We can connect to your HRIS, ATS, engagement, performance, employer brand system. If you're using systems like ADP, namely Bamboo HR, Zenefits, Lever, Greenhouse, 15.5, Lattice, you name it. You can pull all of the data from those different systems into one place to view, share, track, and analyze all from one view. Go to EmployeeCycle.com. Check us out. We would love to give you a demo to discuss how we can partner to automate your HR reporting and analytics process. But that's enough about me and our company because today we have a great guest who is making their global debut in the podcast sphere today. Please help me welcome Kiara O'Sullivan, the head of people at Kairos HQ and Built Rewards. And today we're discussing why you need both a people and HR team. Kiara, welcome to the podcast. Welcome! Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so excited to be making my global debut. Awesome. So glad for you to be here as well. So, Kiara, we're going to ask you the question that we always ask to kick this thing off, and that is... How did you end up in the wonderful world of HR? I have to be honest with you, I'm not really sure. I kind of stumbled into this world. My background and my degree and my undergrad education was in education. I always thought I was going to be a high school English teacher. I always thought I was going to be in the classroom every day, day in and day out. When I graduated from uh, Syracuse University, I joined a charter school network here in Manhattan that spanned across all five boroughs. I found myself in an operations role at that school, really working in the main office every day with students, teachers, and parents. I was doing all of the HR things of making sure that those people were happy every day. We just didn't call it HR or people when I was working in that main office. We called it operations. When I eventually made the decision to leave that charter school network and join a company called Grovo, also based here in, uh, that was also based here in New York, it became obvious to me that people operations, office management, this kind of person who wears a multitude of different hats was the right field for me. At the time, the head of people also happened to be leaving. So this was really just a chance for me to step up and rise to that occasion and take on this people role. I found myself sort of a year later going through a merger and acquisition into a much larger HR tech company and really fell right into that people operations role. It became clear to me when I was looking for jobs again, I'm noticing a pattern that I was kind of leaving jobs a lot. And I really wanted to make sure that my next move was a place I wanted to be for a number of years. I found Kairos HQ on the internet. It seemed like a really, really uh, great, amazing company, really mission-driven, really mission-aligned. A family of companies working to make life better and more affordable was huge and something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, so I reached out, emailed our 
sort of team that was here at the moment when I was applying and the rest is kind of history. I started as a people and operations manager and in March of this past year was promoted to that head of people title. Nice. And for any of you who doesn't think that the internet is not valuable, look at that. Shout out to the internet. Shout out to the internet. To follow her dreams. And if you could give a quick background and some context into what is Kairos HQ, because I think it's an interesting model that you have there. Yeah, 100%. So Kairos HQ is a portfolio of five companies committed to making life more accessible and more affordable for our generation and those to come. The moment we have five companies, again, like I said, in that portfolio, uh, the first is Rhino. They're an insurance alternative to the traditional cash security deposit. We have Saracare, which is a home healthcare agency in the UK that is a tech-enabled platform first. I have Little Spoon. They're a children's health and wellness company focused on the idea that first bites matter. And then I have two more companies in our portfolio, Built Rewards, where I'm also currently serving as the head of people. Uh, they are the first ever renter's loyalty program. So every month you're paying rent and you're not really getting anything for it. Well, now we're changing that and we're giving you points on those rent payments. And then our fifth company is Alloy. They're a women's health company focused at the moment on women's lives after 40. That is pretty awesome. So, Kira, we have a very interesting topic today talking about why you need both a people and HR team. And you have a very opinionated and unique view about being the head of people and not being the head of HR. And so I would love for you to provide some context to the audience in regards to why do you feel so strongly about you specifically being the head of people and not the head of HR? Yeah, I have to be honest. When I sort of first stumbled my way into the HR people world and sphere, I didn't think that there was a difference. HR was people, people was HR, human resources, really this idea of putting the human back in human resources is my sort of mission and my, I think, goal in life, at least for now. I am the head of people at the sort of point and direction of the two co-CEOs of Kairos. So Alex Fiance and Encore Jane, when I started here, said to me, you are the head of people. You are here every single day to make sure that our people and our employees are happy and that they want to come to work. You are not here to get bogged down in the red tape, in the legal, in the sort of back-end things that I feel like often can weigh down an HR team. So I think it was a very important distinction. And honestly, as I've been hiring for my team, I've had people ask me, why are you the head of people and not the head of HR? And I can really say with confidence, I'm here for the people that are here. I have a PEO that I rely on. I have other people on my team who have that legal HR knowledge. I acknowledge that that's not the world I come from. I'm just really here to make sure that people are happy and people are smiling and supported every day when they come into the office. I have so many questions about this. Because so many HR leaders now are really trying to signal for how they want to be perceived internally, externally, how they want to create their external brand for what they stand for, and also for their future opportunities, whether it's the next job or the board that they sit on. HR is is really hot right now. And so I'm curious for, and one of the things that I try to do is to think about the questions that the audience will be mad if I didn't ask why I have you here. And one of them is, what is really the difference between people and HR? And is it purely just semantics? Because I'm sure that for every person who signals as a people role, so chief people officer, people in culture, director of people ops, there is an HR leader or senior HR, HRBP, 
VP of HR, CHRO, that believes the exact same thing that you believe, but they just didn't change over their title or they just think it's semantics. So for those people, especially for a lot of the up-and-coming HR leaders who are trying to figure out which path do I take in this fork in the road, what would you say to them? Wow. Amazing question. What would I say to them? I would say to them, there is value in having that HR knowledge. And I've what I've come to learn, I think, in in sort of being in this field is knowing those laws and learning that being having an employee in New York versus having an employee in California versus Arkansas means very different things. So understanding sort of at a base level that there are all these different things that you need to know and having a, I think, plethora of resources or other people other human beings around you who can help you differentiate those laws, whether it's legal counsel, whether it's the support team at a PEO, or whether it is someone who has a master's degree in HR and just sort of knows these things, that's critical to a successful people team. Because legally, there's a lot of hairy, heavy things that come up when you're dealing with human beings. I sort of say, and I introduce myself and say, I'm here to make sure that people are happy every day at work. But I also understand there are some circumstances in some days where that's just not possible. So it is important to understand the ins and outs of things like FMLA and and medical leaves and all these different sort of laws and policies that exist. It's important to acknowledge them and have that knowledge. But when I'm thinking about my career, or honestly, if someone coming up said, listen, I'm thinking about a career in people ops or HR, what would you suggest I get into? My gut is always people. You always want to make sure that you're the person who can support other employees around you. I have to be honest, hearing you ask me, what do you think is the difference between HR and people ops? When I think of HR, I think of my grandma and her doing accounting books and (laughs) payroll records at a restaurant. When I think of people, I think of me, I think of millennials, I think of people starting out early in their career who understand that work is such a huge part of who you are that you need to be happy when you're there because if you're not happy at work your mental health is not in a good place if you if you don't love the company you're working for if you don't love the product the mission all those things like you're just going to be miserable i have i've had experience there i was miserable previously in some other jobs and i just know how that affects everything around you so let me ask you this. If it's a little bit more than semantics and our topic is all around why you need a people in HR team, are we really talking about the title or are we talking more about the skills and the mindset? So for instance, if we're differentiating people versus HR, where people is more about looking at the entirety of the employee experience, and I'm just overgeneralizing here, and HR is more about laws and regulations and compliance for the people who are doing what you're calling HR, do they have to have an HR title or could that person still be a people ops manager, but have the HR background to be able to do that type of work? Does that make sense? Yeah. I think I, I, ah, interesting. I've never thought about this. I think it could be, I think it could be both. Like I, I'm the first to acknowledge that my sort of weakness as a head of people is that I don't have that HR knowledge, I'm going to call it. And again, that sort of HR bucket of I've always relied on a PEO at my companies, or I've always been very fortunate where there was a massive team of people who understood compliance and benefits and all of those things behind me. I think it is it is title, but I also think it's the outlook that you have on the role. So I constantly like 
yes, I have to approve payroll. Yes, I have to input payroll. I have to make sure we're compliant with local uh, state and federal laws. I think especially in this year of COVID, making sure that we were sort of um, abiding by any and all laws, especially as we thought about coming back to the office. Like, yes, I had to make sure all of that. But there was also this voice in my head that was saying, okay, you have to review this legal document because if you don't, you won't get to see your employees. Or if you're if you don't put in this, if you don't put in payroll, people are going to be sad because they didn't make any money. So it's, it's understanding. I think the people outlook of this is I'm here for my, my people. I'm not just here to sort of be crunching numbers and making sure we're legally compliant. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And so for our customer base, most of the companies that we work with are tech companies, web-based companies, internet-based companies. And even if they aren't pure tech startups in the sense of being a tech company, they are adjacent companies that are doing some type of professional services, but on tech. So maybe they're an accounting firm, but they implement accounting software platforms. So tech-enabled, if you will. But it's interesting when we do talk to companies in more conventional industries like retail, hospitality, maybe even financial services, you don't really see that many people roles. And when I talk to people in that space, whether it's at a networking event or lately it's been virtual networking, that conversation will come up sometimes and you'll hear people just saying, oh, that's just bullshit and you know, HR and people, it's all the same thing. And people are just trying to make it sound more cool. So for people who are thinking that way, and thinking that even this topic just doesn't even make sense because it's all the same role. What do you have to say about that? It's so not the same role. I just, I like, I just, I come to work and as little time as I can possibly spend on my computer, like looking at numbers and crunching numbers, the better. Like the more I'm actually interacting with my employees saying to them, Hey, how was your commute in today? Did you use your FSA benefits to buy your Metro card? Like as much as I'm doing or like pet insurance, someone's dog in the office was in the vet. And I was like, Hey, you know, we have pet insurance. You could sign up for this. And they had no idea. And it was so great that I was able to give that to them. So I think it's just my outlook on what I do is so different than I think the quote unquote traditional HR person who's crunching numbers and putting in payroll. I think. Also, I I just want to acknowledge, like, I come from a company in a place that has said, even to like our five portfolio companies, hey, once you reach a certain point, you have to have a people team. Your people matter. And if they're not supported, it's never going to work. I tell the story, actually, when Encore Jane sort of in March or April of 2020 was really thinking and saying, okay, now's the time to start thinking about built rewards. It's time to start getting this company off the ground, building the team, figuring out really when this product is going to go live. I was one of the first people that he tapped on the shoulder because he said to me, it's so traditional of a lot of startups, especially pre-launch ones, to just kind of say, oh, we'll just give our first few employees a stipend towards their benefits. Or we'll just give our a few of our employees, we'll just throw extra money at them so they can pay for their COBRA through their previous employer, whatever that means, right? He really tapped me on the shoulder before we had our first employee of June of, in June of last year. And he said to me, I need you on this team because I need the employees that we're bringing in to understand that they are supported here and that we want to give them things like health insurance as soon as they start, like a 401k program with a, with a match as soon as they start. It really, those things were so central and integral to who we are, even like 
when our first employees came having an onboarding process for them. At the time, that only meant meeting the CEO. That only meant meeting with Encore and meeting with me. But now it's become and evolved into this big traditions and culture and such a central part of who we are that I can't imagine if he didn't have someone like me constantly thinking about this from the minute he thought about making this product live. When we separate people teams and HR teams in the way and in the context that we're talking about them today, would it be fair to say that the people team is more strategic than HR? And that HR is more tactical, or you both can have, or you can have strategy across both sides. It's just the matter of what you're being strategic about. I absolutely think you can have strategy across both sides. It's just a matter of what you're being strategic about. So things like what benefits are you offering your first two employees versus what benefits am I offering now that we're crossing that 25, 30 person threshold, whether it's literally being tactical and saying, okay, what pay, what pay bands are we going to be at? Or whether it's being strategic and thinking about those benefits that we're bringing in and how is our employee base changed? And maybe now they don't all live in Manhattan, they live in other places. So what benefits are we offering for them to get them to the office? Things like that. I think you can have strategy and sort of very tactical things across both. And then the last question that I would like to ask, and I think this will be a fun one. If everyone in, call it HR, air quotes, you can't see me doing it, but I'm doing the air quotes. If everyone in HR looks at people ops as the more interesting, more people process technology driven role, maybe even cooler sounding role, forward thinking role, if all the HR people move there, do you think we can potentially lose a lot of people who need and want to do the other things that HR does around labor or compliance. It doesn't seem like a lot of people really like that part of their job anyway. But for the people who do, if they start to merge into this people ops role, especially if there starts to be this thing where people ops get paid more, and I don't know if that's happening today, but let's just say if, if it does, if the title signals that you're more strategic and so you can get a higher bump or a promotion or better offer what would happen? And do you do you even think that that's an issue? No, I don't. I don't see a world where that ever happens. Like it's just, I sort of think about you always need an accountant. You always need people who are. I say an accountant because I can't think of a job that to me would be more boring. But that's just me. And like <laughs> I open Excel and I get dizzy. So that's just that's me. But you always need people who have that sort of brain and that tactical knowledge and that they can look at spreadsheets and they can make things happen. And like, I think I'm looking at our engineering team too. Like you always need those people behind the scenes, making things happen that are the engineers of the world, that are the accountants of the world that like without them, our company would literally fail. Like there's no world in which we can, I could be successful without those people. I think, listen, I keep saying like, I'm the people team and then the HR team is separate from me. But like, if I didn't have my my team that works at my PEO right now, or if I didn't just bring on a recruiter who's getting her master's in HR, like I am certain that there are laws or legal things or red tape here that I would be missing or that I would be bashfully moving through in like a bull in a China shop kind of way. Like there is always a world in which you need those tactically minded people doing the work behind the scenes. Because if you don't have people also in those positions like that you can trust and that you know are doing their job correctly and successfully, the entire company falls apart. 
Kara, thank you so much for being such an awesome podcast guest. And thank you for having an opinion. And thank you. Not thank you for having me. Road. Yeah. 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 It, it always makes such for a better conversation because when the audience is listening, they can either totally agree or they can totally disagree. And it's not, oh, well, I can see how that works. Either, oh, you know what? I am totally on board with that or that makes no sense. And maybe they, maybe they never listen to the podcast again. I but, can't um, wait to see if we get some, <laughs> some passionate comments. All I want is passionate comments here. I love talking about this stuff. I really do. Like, this is so, when you reached out, I'm, I'm so, like, excited to talk about this because I think I said this to you earlier. Like, HR people, or I guess people people, if that makes any sense, are the only individuals at a company who know how to talk to and about other people in a way that's strategic and effective and makes things happen. So I love talking to people in this field. And if we disagree, heck yeah, let's go at it. Like I would love, I would love to disagree with some people, but I think it's just important that there's space for these discussions. And I thank you for having me on today. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Go Kiera! Thank you! So, Kara, where can people find you and Carol's HQ and Built for Wars and all the things? People can find Kairos HQ at kairoshq.com. We are also Kairos HQ on LinkedIn. You can find Built Rewards at builtrewards.com. You can also find us again, Built Rewards on LinkedIn. My main and favorite form of social media is LinkedIn. Call me a people nerd, but I love professional updates and following people <laughs> that way. So the best place to find me is also on LinkedIn, Kira, C-I-A-R-A. O'Sullivan on LinkedIn, uh, head of people at Kairos HQ and Built. And I'm I'm also on Twitter. C-A O'Sully is my my Twitter handle. I'm also there too. So that's exciting. Nice. That is exciting. <laughs> Keeping Twitter going. I like it. There you go. Someone has to keep them afloat, right? So I'm happy to take that on. <laughs> there we go. I appreciate that. And we'll be sure to include all the contact info in the show notes. So for everyone out there listening, if you enjoyed this episode as much as Kiara and I did making it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, like Kiara said, leave us some notes. Tell us how you feel about this. Agree, disagree, somewhere in the middle, wherever you are on the spectrum. Let us know. Let's start a conversation about it. Also, if this is your very first time listening to our podcast, but now you're hungry for more interviews, then please subscribe to the Employee Cycle Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major podcast platforms. And last but not least, all of you super awesome HR and people leaders out there, please continue to hire, train, and retain the best workforce possible. Thanks. Later, kids.